Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with Sean Bowles. Sean, how are you and who do we have on today? It is a good day at Exploring the Marketplace because we have Jordan Rayner on. And Jordan Rayner is an author and he helps Christians respond to radical biblical truth that their work matters for eternity, which we talk about all the time here on the show. He does this through books. He does this through podcasts. He has a weekly devotional out, which is really amazing. And he has served millions of Christians around the earth, especially in America. But in addition to writing, Jordan serves as an executive chairman of Threshold 360, which is a venture-backed tech startup where Jordan previously ran as CEO. And he's had a string of successes that are pretty epic. And instead of going into ministry, which he thought about, he actually went further into influencing Christians to really take on their work as an identity, as a place that God's put them in. I love it. And so you're going to love Jordan and how he shares about that up next. Bob, you and I are passionate about people in the marketplace being equipped to hear God's voice. And so we put together a book. Tell us about it. It's called Wired to Hear. And 99% of us are out in the marketplace. We're not in the professional vocational ministry. And this book is for you if you want to learn how to hear God in the marketplace. And it's very practical, but it's also very in-depth and spiritual with actionable steps. Great chapters about defining your process when you're trying to hear God's voice. And I just think with the expertise of my coaching and Bob's long-term career and advice giving, you're going to feel the both of us together, something synergized that's really beautiful. And it's just for you. Get wired to hear at bullsministries.com. And you're also going to get a free teaching series only available if you buy it from us at bullsministries.com with business leaders, just like you who are sharing their process of hearing God's voice, how they are wired to hear. And it's going to so help you as Bob and I navigate these conversations. They're going to bring the book home into your everyday practice. Get your book today. Welcome back. We're with Jordan Rayner. Jordan, how are you today? Great, Bob. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm awesome. Good. Sean's awesome too. We're we're doing good. We've all survived hurricanes in the last six months, which is great. I was going to say, we live in the dream. Just dodge California. Right. I mean, this is good. Like we we all dodged it. Like we're in Southern California, so we didn't get the big ones. But and you're you're in Tampa, you didn't get the big yeah. one, which is great. But let's talk about kind of your story because you are a fascinating person. You have a lot of content. You have books, you have your podcast, you have internet, social media content, and you really help Christians find their identity and what their job is, like what their work is. You, you've helped navigate a space that Bob and I have been talking about for quite a bit, everything from between secular and sacred and why work and why work shouldn't be awful. <laughs> you know, why should be good? And, and just in looking at your content, you've given your life for this, but where did this all start for you? Like, why are you this voice now? Because this is pretty yeah. profound. Yeah. I can point to a very specific moment in which this happened for me. So quick backstory. I spent the first 10 years of my career as a tech entrepreneur. About five years into that journey, I was in the process of exiting my second business. I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do next. And when you sell two companies, you guys understand this, right? The natural thing is you go start a third, right? So that that was kind of the plan all along. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But for a hot minute there, my wife and I very seriously were considering planning a church instead. Why? Because we were sitting in church on Sunday feeling, hearing a very familiar sermon that I know our listeners are very accustomed to now and feeling a tremendous amount of guilt of how dare I 
want to go start another business when there's a need for people to go move to mud huts 5,000 miles away from home to meet disciples and plant churches. And so we're praying about these two paths, start another business, start a church. And and one week after church, I had this uh, this mentor of mine come after me. And he said, hey, I hear, I hear somebody told me you're thinking about planning a church. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy's going to like pat me on the back. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to write me my first check. And he <laughs> just looks me like square in the eyes. He's like, yeah, I got to be honest. That just sounds really dumb for yeah. you personally, right? right? He's like, Jordan, you're a talented entrepreneur. You served your customers and your investors and your team through the ministry of excellence. Why do you think you have to go plant a church in order to do ministry? Don't you get that your work as an entrepreneur is ministry? Yeah. And I looked at this guy like he had three heads. I was like, Rick, I, have, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, okay, do this. <laughs> in light of this conversation, go back to your Bible. Go back to Genesis 1 and 2 that you probably read 100 times. And in the context of this conversation, read it again and tell me what you find. And what I found changed my life forever. I saw that created is the first verb in the Holy Scriptures, that before God tells us that he is holy or loving or omnipotent, he tells us that he's a God who works. And long before the great commission that Jesus handed down to humankind, God issues the first commission in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, to fill the earth and subdue it and rule over it, not for selfish gain, but for the glory of God and the good of others. And it's the only commission he never, ever rescinds. And that was my wake up call. I was like, this is it. How have I never heard this? I grew up in the church my entire life and I've never heard this before. And it was radical. So obviously I didn't go plant a church. (laughs) I went went and ran (laughs) a really big tech startup for a few years uh, before focusing full time on the work I'm doing now. Wow. That's, I mean, how did that affect your family? I'm assuming you have a family. You said you have a wife. So how did that affect your family as far as being a pastor and like leading your family in that direction? would have been a totally different trajectory of life, but instead, like, you had this awakening because of this yeah. catalytic moment. How did that affect them, and, and where are they now that you're this many years into it? Yeah, yeah. So, by God's grace, we didn't spend a whole lot of time considering this, right? So, it wasn't a massive disruption. It was kind of like, oh, this thing that Jordan's been doing for the last five years is the very thing that God created him to do. Man, now we could just lean into that with a whole lot less guilt, a whole lot more freedom. Uh, and a whole lot more joy, right? I think it brought um, a joy and a levity to the work that wasn't there before because I, like so many Christians, had felt for so long like a second-class Christian because I wasn't a pastor or a missionary or re- a religious professional. I was, to use the terminology for my own podcast, a mere Christian, just going to work <laughs> as an entrepreneur, trying yeah. to do my best to glorify the Lord and knowing that that was the very thing God made me to do because he himself is a creator God. I would argue God himself is the first entrepreneur, as I talk about in my book called To Create, knowing that just brought a deeper level of purpose and joy to myself personally, but also, I think, uh, to the family unit. Wow. It, it seems like you're you're completely impassioned about this. And Sean and I love in Genesis 2, 7, the first thing God does is he breathes life into Adam. The next thing in verse 15 that he does, is he says, go tend to the garden or go to work. The very first thing that he tells man and work is part of God's economy. And I love, I love what you're saying. We, we, we also talk about the sacred versus the secular and the notion that you're talking about that us sitting in the pews 
they're second class citizens to the people in the professional ministry. But we know that 99% of us aren't in the vocational ministry. We're out in the workplace, in the marketplace. So we created Exploring the Marketplace to talk to people who who are in the marketplace and hear their stories, their origin stories, and how they're experiencing God on a practical day-to-day basis. I'm sure that you are talking to lots and lots of people and are hearing these incredible stories of, of God meeting people practically. Could you could you tell us a few stories about that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I, I mean, I, I hear these stories all the time. I, on my podcast recently, I was talking to Rick Mountcastle, who if you've seen the phenomenal Hulu Emmy award-winning series Dope Sick, you know Rick Mountcastle was the deputy attorney general of Virginia that brought down Purdue Pharma. Uh, in wow. the Oxycontin case. That's yeah. awesome. And Rick did that with God. He's a serious wow. believer, right? And his faith is what informed his passion for justice and scratching off a glimpse of the kingdom of God in that very, very small way. That's just one example, right? I can think of my friend Tamika Ketchings, uh, the greatest women's basketball player of all time, uh, and, and talking about on the podcast how she brought her faith with her to her work. And, and you know, Bob, you hit on a sore subject for me. Uh, with this word secular, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite soapboxes of all time. Yeah, because words like matter, that. right? Either, yeah. Words matter a lot. And the word secular, as you guys know, literally means without God. Mm-hmm. But we as Christians believe that Tamika Ketchings and Rick Mountcastle and you, Bob, and you, Sean, and me are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, that he is literally with us wherever we go. And so, listener, only thing you need to do to instantly make your quote-unquote secular workplace sacred is walk through the front door or log on to Zoom, right? Charles Spurgeon said, to a man who lives under God, nothing is secular. Everything is sacred, including the work you are doing right now, because God is with you as you do that work. Well, it's interesting that there's so many people who have built the other narrative for so many decades in the church who were church leaders, and it really has come a full swing opposite way. Like the majority of the church, at least in the Western world, has understood now that what we do is worship, what we do is is divine, what we do, whether it's gardening or whether it's our job or whether it's parenting. But there's still those people who are fighting that battle, or there's people who believe that fundamentally, but they don't practice believe that. They don't they don't find joy in it. They don't and some of the things that you talk about is preparing, you know, your you, what you're doing now is preparing heaven for you. Like talk about some of the some of where this came from, because like, I love the themes that come out of you, but like, let, let's go to where, I mean, I know some of this is just revelation and teaching, but let's go to where you were challenged. Like what's one of the hurdles you had to jump over? What's, what's one of the painful moments in life where all of a sudden you had to embrace this and go, okay, wait a minute, God is with me in this, like God's with the pastor, pastoring his church. Like I feel the same God, you know, this is, this is my now, or God was with David, God's with me. Talk about one of those moments. I think one of the biggest hurdles I've had to come over I, I think a lot of our listeners could probably resonate with this, is I, I think for a long time, and I think this is where the majority of the Western church is today. For a long time, I understood that my work had instrumental value. Here's what I mean by that. My work mattered because I could leverage my job to the instrumental end of sharing the gospel with people I work with, mm-hmm. right? And that is like wonderfully true, right? And we could talk a lot about how Christians could do that better or whatever. But that is tragically incomplete. 
Because 99% of the time that we spend at work is not giving an explicit gospel presentation to those that we work with. So does that mean that only 1% of our time matters to God and matters for eternity? No, because our work doesn't just have instrumental value. What I've had to come to realize is our work also has intrinsic value to God because it's the thing that he made us to do. And because through our work, we can make the kingdom more tangible in the present and to get a little bit more practical, a little bit more ground level, through our work, we can bring God eternal pleasure. Psalm 37, 23, check this out. It says, the Lord delights in, quote, every detail of the lives of the godly. So not just when you entrepreneur are sharing the gospel with a customer, not just when you're making a bunch of money and donating it to your church, every single time you send out a proposal, you make a pitch, you close a deal, and you do it with excellence and love and in accordance with God's commands. That brings the creator of the universe eternal pleasure. So yes, your work has instrumental value, but my word, the work itself has intrinsic value to God. And it took me a long time to come to that realization, John. Jordan, that's amazing because what you're basically saying is character matters. And and when I show up and when you show up, when Sean shows up anywhere, we're bent towards the Father. And so people people are experiencing the Father through us because we're bent towards Him, whether or not we're evangelizing or not. And, uh, you know, I'd argue sometimes that our character and the things that we don't say are the things that really, really impact people in our workplace. Yeah, 100%. And we have such a limited view of that word evangelism, right? Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God, even though they have no speech, right? We're evangelizing all the time, whether we think we are or not, whether we're cognizant of the fact that we are or not, right? It's not just when we're walking somebody through the Romans road. Every moment, every interaction, every word we say testifies to the kind of God we believe in, testifies to whether or not we believe that God's way is better than the world's way, right? So all those interactions are evangelism. And I think when we see that, man, our witness would be so much stronger because we want to buy up all those opportunities for God's glory. Yeah, no, I love this. I think, I think people who are watching are a lot of people are are in this kind of paradigm shift yeah. of who I am and what I do for God. Can you talk about like practically just your own life? Like, I want to go back into because I feel like we've we're talking about principles that are really big. And so, like, let's go into your own life. When did you realize? Like, what was it like for you to realize? Like, let's say the evangelism talk, topic we just talked about. Like, what's the story of when you went? Oh my gosh, I'm evangelizing without evangelizing. I didn't even realize I was doing that. I know for me personally, like there was a person who's working as a, you know, on our home, we were, con- we were contracting him. And, and after being around us for like four or five weeks, he's like, I never knew what true Christianity was. And I, we literally were like some of the worst versions of ourselves because it was stressful. We didn't have enough money. We were frustrated with him. We had to like confront him over and over. And he said, you guys are the most authentic people I've ever met. And your Christianity has taught me what Christianity should be. And I turned my life back to God. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we're the worst versions of ourselves. But in the worst version of ourselves, God was using us processing because he was in a lot of drama and traumatic circumstances and relationships. And we weren't mean and we weren't evil and we weren't angry. We were just working through stuff. So when I say we're at a worst place, it wasn't that we were bad in our character, but we were working through things that we didn't have skills or tools yeah. for. And so he was caught in the crossfire of that a few times. 
And so he, he loved it. Like he was actually, it actually brought him to Christ. It brought, he said, I don't know that I ever was a Christian, but if I was, I'm coming back to my roots and I've given my life to Jesus. And I was like, can I give you a Bible? He's like, I have a Bible. I'm like, how can I help you? You know, because I, I didn't even know I was evangelizing, you know? Yeah. So do you have like one of the, and, and it changed me. It changed me in, in, in a huge way. Cause I was like, man, I'm, I'm messed up that I didn't realize that I, I preach this, that every interaction is like, you know, an opportunity that we don't even know we're taking. It's just like what you've just said. So talk about a time in your life that this, some of these principles became real to you. They gelled in your own life. Yeah, totally. So going back to the story, when I decided not to go plant a church, I went to go run somebody else's tech startup, only startup I didn't found. We had a heck of a ride, right? We were growing like a weed. We grew from five to 150 people in the two and a half years I had the honor of serving as CEO. And y'all be totally honest with you guys. I regret not buying up more opportunities to evangelize and, and share the gospel in a more serious way. But the few things I did do well, God used in some really powerful ways. I'll give you one example. So I had a colleague of mine. Uh, we'll, we'll call him Tom. I'm not going to use his real name, right? And Tom and I struck up a good friendship, right? It wasn't it wasn't big stuff, but it was occasionally grabbing a beer after work and me asking about his family and his background and his personal life. It was playing foosball in between meetings at the office in very typical uh, fashion, right? We were just like wearing the moniker. But it was little things, nothing big at all right? But he knew I was a believer. I never had an opportunity to explicitly share the gospel with him while I was working as CEO. But but a couple of years after I left, he called me up one day and this is in the middle of COVID. And he's like, hey, I'm like really wrestling with the big questions, right? Okay. I've had family die. I don't know what's going on. And he said, he said, listen, I know you're, you're a Christian and I'm open to hearing whatever you have to wow. say. About the, he asked me to preach the gospel to him, yeah. all because I was a decent friend, not even a good friend, right? <laughs> I was just an adequate one. And that was a really powerful moment for me to realize the ripple effect that our actions have as we go about our work every single day. Mm, that's, that's so good. Well, tell us about the transition from you being a CEO now to writing your most current book and creating yeah. content. Talk to us about your book. Yeah, so the irony is I spent all of my time telling people to stay where they are out there in the marketplace while I left the marketplace to go tell people <laughs> to do that. So the, the irony is like... You're still not in the marketplace, though. That's, that's exactly right. Different. Yeah, and I'm still, I'm still in that world. I'm still executive, the chairman of the board of that tech startup. But yeah, you know, for me, here, here's how it happened, right? I, I'm running this tech startup. We're growing really fast. I'm having a blast. And God's clearly using me there. But at the same time, I had my first book release about a year into my tenure as CEO. So I finished writing the book right before I started as CEO. It came out a year later. The book, this book called Call to Create, took off. It hit a bunch of the bestseller lists. And, you know, just real practically as I was sizing up these two different lanes, number one, I realized... I am called to the ministry of excellence and excellence yeah. in all things. I believe that excellence is the means by which, one of the means by which we glorify and make great the name of Jesus Christ, right? And I knew I could not continue to do both of those things exceptionally well. I knew I had to make a choice and put all of my eggs in one of those two baskets, right? So that was number one. Number two, as I looked around at a practical level, I realized, okay, there's probably a thousand people in the world that can run this business as well, probably better than I can, right? Conversely, I didn't see a whole lot of people 
raising their hands with the skills and the vision to say, I can think of 50 different books and 20 different Netflix series and 30 different podcasts that can help Christians connect the gospel to their work. So it was just a far more unique lane. And after a lot of prayer and a lot of discernment in Christian community, yeah, I just made a choice. I, I don't think I had some big revelation from the Lord of this is the lane. I think a lot of Christians get too hung up in this kind of paralysis of analysis of waiting for God to, to clearly state where we should go. I think we have freedom to choose. And as I prayed about it and didn't see a clear path, I just chose that lane of full-time creating this content. And the Lord has been blessing the work of my hands now for almost four years since I made that decision. That's amazing. And it's obvious. Like, I just love your voice. I love who you are. I'm so glad people get, get your content. I'm so glad we're doing this like collaboration to even expose you to our audience because I think our audience needs you. But tell us how to get your content. Tell us how to get a hold of you. Yeah, tons of free content for you at jordanrainer.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y-N-O-R.com. We have a free weekly devotional there called The Word Before Work. Three podcasts, including one collaborative one I did with my friend Mark Batterson, tons of free stuff, and then links to all the books and everything else right there at jordanrainer.com. Well, you're going to want to get these podcasts, get these materials today. I would go there right now and sign up. And thank you, Jordan, so much for being on the show today. Thank you, guys. Well, up next, we have Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm going to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month. Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to BowlesMinistries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back. Well, that interview with Jordan was amazing. He has a lot of energy, doesn't he, Sean? <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, that's why he can lead three podcasts a week and he can do all that he's doing. But I think it's really awesome, Bob, that you and I have had these conversations now for dozens and dozens of guests. And we keep coming back to the point where people are realizing, and it's a revolution for most people, that God has given them work to do that he's with them in it, that he's leading them into destinations they wouldn't have chosen for themselves. And Jordan's another guy who gives that kind of message and empowers Christians to believe that. But you and I, I mean, it, you'd think that was passe by now because this conversation has been in so many different Christian businessmen type and women groups. It's been in so many churches. You know, the difference between secular and sacred is, you know, that line is now being erased. We understand that. And yet there's still some identity issues that come up when we talk about these things in the average person. Why do you think that is? You know, I, I'm glad you asked that because I, I was thinking when he was talking, when you're just talking, that when we're raised as children, our identity is formed by however dysfunctional our family is. Yeah. If we have a rageaholic dad or a, a what, however our mom is, we get imprinted with uh, how we think about ourselves. Then we we become adults. We come to Christ. We figure out we have a new identity. I think the reason that this this uh, conversation is still so relevant is because so many of us have sat in church for a long time and have felt the sacred-secular split, have felt. I, I know in my story, I felt like, wow, I should be a pastor. And people would say, why aren't you a pastor? And I, I, and I would say, well, because I don't want to be a pastor, because yeah. God me into business. And so you hear that over and over again. And, and pretty soon you're wondering, like, am I a second class citizen? And it takes a while for it to go away. 
I think the church in you know recent decades has done a great job of understanding that the church needs builders to help pastors. You know, we've heard people call it kings and priests. We've heard people talk about the same scenario, but in my opinion, it just takes a while to cycle through when when the church has had uh, people believing in one identity and actually, as we come to understand, we're all sacred, that there is no sacred. Yeah, no, and I agree. I think it's interesting because I transitioned from itinerant ministry and pastoring and helping church networks build and that whole thing into media and to doing what we do now with social commentary and doing this yeah. show and doing our YouTube and social media influence stuff. I've had so many people who are so angry that I don't go and teach at churches anymore or do seminars or do whatever we used to do when it was about the spiritual gifts or these kinds of things. And so I'll pastors call me and they'll be like, well, why won't you come? And I've explained to them because I've shifted into what I feel like God's called me to. That was a season of my life. I'm in a new season and they get angry. They get, I've had pastors get angry at me. Even, even this week, someone called who was a figure in our life before one of those giants of the faith and said, but you can take away time and come to us. And I said, I'll be in production and production when you're in the entertainment industry production. You don't know if it's going to be this two weeks or this two weeks, you're supposed to keep them all open or else you'd be right. void of contract. And so I'm looking at production and he's like, he's giving me a hard time and he's, he's literally angry at me. Like you're, are you giving up your call of God to do this stuff on social media and on, on in entertainment and Hollywood? Like he literally asked me that question. Mm-hmm. And what I was you, like, what wow, are you telling? well, I was excited when he asked that question. Cause I mean, the, I know I, I to me that's like going, well, this is exactly what we've been doing is helping people understand that their call of God is more diverse than that. And so my call of God, I know for you, you, you celebrate my gift, you celebrate who I am in ministry, and you've seen the one dimension you've seen of it, but I'm actually called a multiple, multifaceted things, yeah. and I have to follow God. And so this is what God's doing with a lot of people, and I was able to tell them, like, there's probably people in your life right now that you're also frustrated with because God's changing them in front of you, and maybe you don't recognize the change. And we had a really productive conversation. I don't know that he totally believed me when I said that, but I could tell, like, if he's resisting me, and I'm somewhat of a stranger, although we had a acquaintanceship, he's probably resisting 10 people in his life, even maybe even his own grandchildren or children that are in a season of change and not being defined by old roles they could play for a church to make it better, but actually defined by kingdom. And that's like a really hard thing for a lot of people, maybe who've been one dimensional in what they think building with God is for so long. So I've experienced it even this week or a week ago in uh, they're kind of the, almost like a persecution or like a intolerance for me doing work that's not straight on ministry the way people have identified in my life. Well, you know, I think it's interesting when you bring up the age, because one of the things that I've been noticing as I age, I'm 63, and I've just, you know, I've come to a point where I want to continue to learn and I want to continue to shift and adjust. And I've run into people time and time again, like this man that you're talking about, who aren't willing to learn and aren't willing to shift and adjust. And what happens is they get bitter. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's a weird thing to see, you know, God forbid for me, for you, and for all of our listeners and viewers to stop, stop learning. Don't, yeah. don't ever stop learning. Because learning is what God has for us all the way into, into when he calls us home. And learning is what allows us to hear his voice in a new and a different way. Just like you're hearing right now, you had the season of the prophetic and, and the tours and the conferences. You had that season and God's called you into this new thing. That's so exciting. And it's and gifts. New I mean, it's like awesome. It's like, 
the same gifts, the same talents, the same theology, yeah. but it's in a new area. And I think that that's, I love what you're saying because we have to keep learning. We have to keep going. I know many of you who are watching right now, maybe you've faced some intolerance by a pastor or a leader or somebody who doesn't understand your calling, your work, your profession, what you're going after. Maybe you're entrepreneuring in an area that no one else has done yet. There's a lot of new areas that people are working on that a lot of their friends and family don't understand. And I want to encourage you, keep following Jesus, keep following his voice, because we need you there. As a body of Christ, we need you where you're going. And maybe you're pioneering and there's going to be someone else who goes and fully realizes it after you, or maybe it's three generations away, or maybe it's in this lifetime, but there's fulfillment in it no matter what. Whether you see the fullness of the dream or whether the dream happens to your grandchildren, there's fulfillment in walking with God. And there's not fulfillment when you're not walking with God and you just become normal. Yeah, I I think it's, you know, one of the ways that I'm learning is through this podcast, vodcast. I'm listening and watching people who have this incredible relationship with God, who who have heard God say, no, don't go this way, go this way. They've followed the call and they've talked to us about their missteps and their their seasons of being in the valley of shadow yeah. of death and their and their triumphs. And it's just invigorating to hear people and their stories with God. I agree. Well, Stay with us every week for more stories. Join us by subscribing to our podcast, and you'll hear the, the newest, latest episodes every week. Or watch us on CBN News or on YouTube at the Sean Bowles YouTube channel. We'd love to be a part of your journey, so come join us there. Or visit our website at bowlsministries.com. Visit our app, the Bowles app, and you get all the latest episodes also and notifications as well so that you don't miss anything we're doing. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.